Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Please put the seatbelt on. Because the preaching today will be stake quite strong. The Lord spoke to me to teach about the kingdom of God. I preached one message already about two, three weeks ago. I would like to talk about the kingdom of God. In fact, I noticed that in the world, the most popular preaching that people like to hear, especially in the Western country, the popular teaching is about how God can bless me. What God can do for me. And another popular teaching is that I can sin and God still forgive me and love me anyway. Therefore, I don't need to worry about sinning against God. Very popular. But our church wants to follow the Bible. We don't want to follow the way of the world. And we don't want to please any man. We want to please God. But the subject of the kingdom of God is not popular in America. Because it means seriousness. In the Bible, when Jesus talked about heaven, he used the word kingdom all the time. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. As Christians in the Western country here, we don't have a king. But we need to understand that Jesus is our king. And we cannot treat Jesus as a server in a restaurant. That Jesus, I need a job, give me a job. Jesus, I need a boyfriend, give me a boyfriend. A lot of Christians treat Jesus as a server in the restaurant. And I will tip you a little bit. Five dollars on Sunday. I tip you. No. Jesus is our king. If you are a real born again Christian, you treat Jesus as the king. That's why Jesus said, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will be in heaven. Wow. Scary. That sentence. I hope that 99.9% of my church members will be in heaven. Because not everybody who call themselves Christians treat Jesus as king. We need to treat Jesus as king. This is why we need to understand how to walk in the kingdom of God. Because he is our king. God is the king of all kings and lord of all lords. He created the heavens and the earth. He owns everything. He has unlimited knowledge. He is an all-knowing God. He has unlimited power. He's righteous, holy, and without sin at all. He's so compassionate, loving, and merciful. He's a good king, and he is our daddy as well. Everyone say, I am a son and a daughter of a king. I have the royal blood in me. My daddy is a king. Not a king of a country, but the king of the whole universe. Amen. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek first my own comfort. Is that right? Seek first my own benefit. No. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Jesus said that when you seek the kingdom of God first, everything that you need in your life will be added unto you. 
I'm not talking about theory here. I have experienced this scripture, the fulfillment of this scripture in the past 40 years, 40 plus years. I got saved in 1981. So that's a long time ago. And I and Pastor Dad decided to seek the kingdom of God first. And we noticed that he has provided all our needs supernaturally. But I have to do my part. I need to seek the kingdom of God first. But the first question is, how can I enter into the kingdom of God? How do I know that the kingdom of God is in me? How do I know that I belong to the kingdom of God and after I leave this world, I will be in the kingdom of heaven for eternity? We need to make sure that we are part of the kingdom of God. We make sure that the kingdom of God is in us. How to do that? A lot of people may grow up in a church and they have no idea. They think, my daddy went to church, so I just went there as a tradition, but they don't even know how to enter into the kingdom of God. We must make sure that all of us really get into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is in us. John chapter 3 verse 3 say, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Before I go on, I want to explain two things here. When we say inherit the kingdom, see the kingdom, There are two parts here. Number one, you experience the kingdom of God on earth here. And two, you will be in heaven, the kingdom of heaven for eternity. So now in life, in time, and kingdom of God in eternity. We experience the kingdom of God on earth. Blessing, provision, righteousness, joy, peace, power, All the things of the kingdom of God come on earth into our life. So we are like the heaven walking on earth. We can bring the kingdom of God everywhere. We have the kingdom of God on earth right now. But in order to do that, we need to be born again. Born again. John chapter 3 verse 5 says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Jesus did not say that. I assure you, no one can be a member of New Hope International Church. No one can be in the religion called Christianity. He did not say, no one will sign up a membership of a local church. No. He said, the kingdom of God. Wow. I think the church talk about the kingdom of God too little. The Bible talks about the kingdom of God a lot. We need to understand this is about the kingdom business. And we must have Jesus as our king. It's easier for me to talk about king because I came from Thailand. And we have king in Thailand. But in America, you may not know what is the king here. The king has a highest authority. And you need to obey the words of the king. In order to have the kingdom of God, very simple. You don't need to pay even one penny. You don't need to really buy something. You just say, God, I want to be born again. 
I admit that I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. I repent of my sin. I don't want to offend you anymore. I want to please you. And Jesus, number two, number one, I admit I'm a sinner. Two, I believe and accept that Jesus Christ paid the price of sin for me. You died for me. You took my sickness. You took the curse. You took my shame. You took the rejection, the death on your body 2,000 years ago. I believe you took bad things that come from my rebellion and my sin on you. And I receive what you give to me. Life, forgiveness, healing, riches. I received from you. There was an exchange at the cross. He took bad things. We received good things from him. And number three, you invite him into your life to sit on the throne of your life. And from that day on, you treat him as your Lord, your King, and your Savior. Without these three conditions, you are not born again. Number one, you admit you are a sinner and you repent of your sin. Two, you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross by faith. Three, you invite him to come in your life and you treat him as the king. When I accepted Christ on Friday night in Bangkok, Thailand, I know that I need to go to church. On Sunday, I and Pastor Da woke up and say, from today on, Jesus is our king. We're going to go to church. We're going to start to read the Bible, study the word of God. We're going to start to obey God and serve God. We will not play game. Jesus is my king now. Since that day, he has been my king. I still treat him as my king. I hope that is your condition right now in your heart. Should we confess together? Let's confess. My God, I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I sin against you. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. I accept that gift. Accept your grace. Lord Jesus, sit on the throne of my life. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my King. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you wonder, where is the kingdom of God on earth here? Where is the kingdom? Is it in Vietnam? Is it in Belleville? Is it in Renton? Or in Everett? Where is the kingdom of God on earth here? Let's look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, 20 to 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come in that generation, I think they think this way, the Jewish people think that they were controlled by the Roman kingdom, the Roman government. So they want a king of the Jew to come and knock down the kingdom of Roman government. And they're waiting for the kingdom of God to come on earth and get rid of other kingdoms. So that's why they asked, when the kingdom of God would come? He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. 
For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is not a piece of land. It's not a property. The kingdom of God is within us, which means Jesus in my heart is my king. When you declare and you practice the kingship of Jesus in your heart, he is my king. On that day and from that day on, the kingdom of God is in you. You obey him, you submit to him, you live your life for the kingdom of God. You say, from now on, I am here. A son of God, a daughter of God who has the kingdom of God within me. That's why my faith, I believe that whatever is in heaven can happen to me on earth here. In heaven, there's no sickness. I expect to be healthy and strong until I get old and God take me to heaven. In heaven, there's no poverty. I don't expect poverty. I expect prosperity. In heaven, there is life. I expect life in me because the kingdom of God is in me. In heaven, there is no sin. I expect to live righteous life. I'm not going to sin against God. The kingdom of God in here. In other words, heaven is here in me. But how much we need to let the kingdom of God take over our life. We were created to have the freedom of choice. That's why God cannot force us how much the kingdom of God will be in you. You may have a little bit or you may have more and you can have the increase. This teaching in this series, this is just the beginning. In this series, it's very serious to me. You know why? Maybe because of my background. My background as a neurosurgeon, I deal with life and death. Deal with paralysis or being handicapped. If I open somebody's skull and I make one mistake, my patient can be paralyzed forever. And he or she will lose the job, lose the house. Even some of them get divorced because the husband dumped her because she become paralyzed. This is serious life and death. So to me, when I was in the medical school, what I needed to do is to study exactly the anatomy, physiology, all kind of stuff to understand how I can become a good, successful, effective neurosurgeon. I really take serious about learning how to walk as a neurosurgeon. This is more serious, the Bible. Why this church is so serious about teaching you? Because I think the same way. If I don't teach you how to walk right, how to live on earth according to the Bible, I am stealing blessing from you and I allow you to get into trouble. I need to teach you to be a good spiritual neurosurgeon, good spiritual soldier of Christ. This morning, a sister talked to me. Her relative did not want to move to a strong church because they have a good children program in the church, good play, good children program. I say that, you know, the kids are going to become like parents. 
My job is to train parents to be strong. If the parents are weak Christians, the kids will not do anything because they see parents seven days a week. The church only one hour. You need to be strong, parents, spiritually mature, father and mother. You need to be really spiritual, mature, businessman, so that you can be the blessing to other people. If you're weak, you cannot help people. My mentality is this: my members must be strong, mature, effective soldier of Christ. It's so hard to teach this on Sunday because people think he's crazy. Message on Sunday need to be very light, please people, so people will join the church. But if I do that, I steal blessing from you. I need to be strong on Sunday because if people want to join the church, they have to be strong. I'm not building a seeker-sensitive church. I want to build a strong church so that you can impact the world, like that couple in California. That many people got saved because they're strong. Amen. Hallelujah. When we talk about the kingdom, seek the kingdom of God first. Seek first. What does it mean? Two things: in me and outside me. So at least I'm going to talk about in me first. We need to seek the kingdom of God in us. The Bible compare our life to a city, or a house, or a temple. In a house or a temple, or in a city, there are many sections: Belleville, downtown Seattle, Everett, many areas in the city. The same thing in the house: you have bedroom, you have dining room, living room. When you seek the kingdom. It means that you want to expand the kingdom inside you. Number one, to go to many, many rooms in your life or to many part of your city. This is a city. You want the kingdom to take more, more, more ownership and expand it in your life, your marriage life. The kingdom of God is there or not? Your financial life, the kingdom of God is there or not? Your emotional life is the kingdom of God there or not? To really. Be the king of your emotion, the king of your finances. You need to expand and grow. Not only that, when we talk about the kingdom, I'm trying to explain to you the practical point here. Number two, not only expand the kingdom of God inside you and outside you. We're going to talk about outside later on. Not only that, because we are the citizen of the kingdom of God, we should live a life that honor the king of our life. We need to honor the king. If you go to the country with the king, you're gonna notice when the king come by or the queen come by, people like kneel down on the ground and honor the king. I understand this because I was growing up in the country with the king. So we honor the king. We obey the king. We need to live a life worthy of the kingdom and please the king. So when the Bible say seek the kingdom of God first, it means number one, we're gonna grow the kingdom of God inside us. To different rooms and different part of the city, we're gonna grow more the kingdom inside us. Two, we're gonna honor the king. When people look at our life, they will see, "Wow, God is good." Can I know your God? If your life is in a mess, you gossip at work, you're selfish, you always take advantage of the people. If you live like that, people look at you. Yeah, Jesus is not good. I don't see the King in your life at all. Your life is bad. So we need to honor the King. Thumb up. We need to obey Him. 
and live a life worthy of the kingdom of heaven. First Thessalonians 2. Now we're going to get into the meat now. Strong. First Thessalonians chapter 2, 9 to 12. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day. Apostle Paul was a tent maker like me. I was doing my medical practice for 30 years without taking salary from the church. I worked labor night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you so that he would not take money from the church. We preach to you the gospel of God. So when you live for the kingdom, you work hard because the kingdom of God is serious. It's about life and death. Actually, God wants more people to go to heaven. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Therefore, we need to take serious about heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Hell is serious. Eternal hell. Fire. You cannot come out of there. When you get there, done. The door is closed. You cannot get out. I myself take serious about heaven and hell because I know it is an eternal place. That's why I work so hard to produce teaching, to build a church, to travel, because I want more people to go to heaven with me. And I want to make sure I don't get out of heaven myself and go to hell myself. I need to work hard in order to stay in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. You are witnesses. So Paul tried to say, I want to honor God. When people see me, they put thumb up. I am a witness that I am a real Christian. I take seriously about the kingdom of God. You are witnesses and God also. So God see Paul and say, wow, this guy, he's a real Christian. He take the kingdom of God seriously. So when people see you, they can witness, wow, this man, this woman, really serious about God. He's so full of love, full of compassion. He's generous. He's so kind. He repents easily. He lives for the kingdom. And God can be witnessed as well. How devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behave ourselves among you who believe. When you are in the kingdom, you want to give glory to God, you live devoutly. You take serious about God. I don't mean that you need to have a long face. You still smile and laugh. The joy of the Lord is in you. You still smile and laugh, but you're serious about God with laughter. You don't... Be serious and look so terrible and sad. You're so happy, but you are devout Christians. You are just, you are blameless. People see you and say, wow, the kingdom of God is in him or her. We behave ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you. I'm doing this right now. I'm doing like Apostle Paul right now. Pass aloud, exhort, Comfort and charge every one of the member of New Hope as a father does his own children that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom. Everyone say, his kingdom. kingdom. Wow, the New Testament used the word the kingdom a lot. We talk about the kingdom too little in the church today. We must walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Are you the people of the kingdom? Are you serious about the kingdom? Do you want to see people go to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven yourself? 
Do you want heaven to be on you, in you? Do you want to walk around with the kingdom of God in you? Are you serious? I don't know about you, but I'm serious. I work hard. I am devout. I live a just life, blameless life. So no one can put thumb down to my God. When people see me and see you, they will say, "I want to be in the kingdom too. I want to go to heaven. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to live a life worthy of the kingdom of God." Do you live your life worthy of the kingdom of God? Hmm. Is the kingdom of God worthy, valuable? Do you live your life that way? Then when people see you, wow, this employee so faithful, works so hard, so honest, never lies. He really is a good employee. When he see you as a nurse, wow, this nurse so kind. So full of wisdom. This nurse, a Christian nurse, is so good. Wow, I can trust her or him. Do you live your life worthy of the kingdom? Or everywhere you go, people shake their head and say Christians are bad. Christians are lying, cheating. The Bible talk about this. Look at Ephesians chapter five, verses three to five. I know this kind of sermon is not popular in America. Let there be no sexual immorality. Impurity or greed among you. This scripture will not be read by the preacher who say you can sin and it's okay. God forgive you two thousand years ago and it's okay to sin. They will not read this scripture. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. We are. Citizen of the kingdom, we are not involved with stupid thing on earth here. Sinful thing, sexual immorality, cheating, lying, greed. We don't get involved with that. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that wow, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom. This sermon is about the. Kingdom of God, the series. Kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. This sentence, very scary. Will inherit no one that live in the sinful nature. And never repent of their sin will inherit the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of God. What does inherit mean? Inherit mean to receive something into your life. Inheritance. God gives you something. The parents leave something for their children. Inheritance. I believe that this scripture quite complicated to understand. I may be wrong, but let me explain to you my. Interpretation: Number one, if a person call himself a Christian but keep living in sin without repenting, keep living in sin, keep cheating, commit adultery, cheating, doing bad stuff, even though he call himself a Christian, he may not be in heaven after he dies, because Matthew chapter seven says, "Not everybody who call me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven." You have to be careful because 
The true repentance produces action. You need to see the fruit of repentance. That's what the Bible says. Truly born again Christian live a repentant life, not a sinful life. Mm, so quiet in this room. So quiet. Mm. But I want to say this: I'm not the judge. God is the judge. I cannot say that anybody on earth will go to heaven or hell. Only God can tell. I'm not the judge, so I will not judge anybody in this world. Who can go to heaven and go to hell? Not my business. The only thing I do is to show example and teach the truth. Number one, that person may not be in heaven after he or she dies. Two, what does it mean? To my interpretation, you may be saved. You may go to heaven. But you live a loose life. You keep sinning, and you don't repent that much. You don't go to church that much. You just live a loose life. Hey, God forgive you. Jesus died for you. But what happened? You will not experience the kingdom of God on earth here. What is the kingdom of God? Goodness, righteousness, peace, joy, riches, prosperity, good health, good family. Blessing of Abraham, blessing down to the thousand generations, success, victory, pray answered, grace, the grace of God, the favor of God, the experience of the kingdom of God. Actually, I experienced the kingdom of God a lot. I just share with you quickly. I went to Disneyland on Friday, and we make a mistake. We wanted to get into Star Wars. But when I got there, they say you cannot get in because you make mistake in the app of Disneyland. We were standing there and we walked down here. We have to walk to somewhere else. What should we do? We try to plan what to do to go to the next one. But I pray God give us grace. We are standing here in front of the door already. The kingdom of God show up. The kingdom of grace. The kingdom of favor. We were standing there for five minutes. An old man came to us. He worked for Disney. What are you doing? Oh, we struggle with the app. We don't know what to do here. We thought that we can get in at 10:30 a.m. And the man said, mm, "Okay." He went to whisper to the younger man, "Let them go in." And everyone in my group that walk into <laughs> Star Wars say. God's favor, God's favor. The kingdom of God is with us. The favor of God. If you want to experience the kingdom of God, the favor of God, the healing, the riches, the health, prosperity, success—all this that in heaven, in heaven there's no bad thing, only good thing. You need to live a life that please God. Don't sin against God. Amen. Hallelujah! Galatians chapter five, nineteen to twenty-one. Wow, the preaching today, everyone love it. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the result. Oh, I forget to talk about the thirteen. Okay, let me read this first. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear: sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcerer, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't believe in the preacher who say you can sin and no problem. God has grace for you. Fine, you can cheat, you can commit adultery. It's okay. God forgive you 2,000 years ago. You don't need to repent. I don't believe in that preaching at all. That preaching is from hell to send people to hell. Number one, people who live this lifestyle without repenting may not make it to heaven. And again, I'm not a judge. Two, will not experience the kingdom of God on earth here. They will not experience healing, helping from God, blessing, favor, grace, protection, because they live in darkness. So they open the door for the devil who come to kill, to steal, and to destroy, to hit them. They have no breastplate of righteousness on them. Open wide. Bam, bam, bam. The arrow hit them because they don't live righteously. Okay? Number three. I forget to talk about third one in my interpretation. Number one, don't get to heaven. Go to hell. Two, no experience of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Three, they may just make it to heaven. God forgive them. And again, this is my interpretation. I'm not God. They make it to heaven, but no rewards at all. Because they don't live for the kingdom. They live for their flesh. They follow their sinful nature. They get in, no mansion. Maybe a little shaggy house up there. Or maybe a small room in the big condominium. Little, little small room in heaven. There is no mansion for them. Because they don't live for the kingdom. They live for their flesh. If you live for the kingdom, you will not live that way. Amen? Are you living for the kingdom? Romans chapter 14 verse 17. How you live for the kingdom. For the kingdom of God. Wow, the word the kingdom of God is everywhere in the Bible. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. So even though we have snack today, good snack, that is not about the kingdom. I heard that Vietnamese group has a noodle. I like to try that noodle in the Vietnamese room. And of living a life of Goodness, the NIV say, the life of righteousness, of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. When you live in the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is in you, you're going to follow the Holy Spirit who is your God. And you're going to live a righteous life. I don't mean you are perfect. Okay, don't take me wrong. No one is perfect. I'm not perfect. I sin too. I make mistakes too. One of the biggest Sin that I have to deal with all the time, I admit to you, forgiveness. I really have a hard time. Many times when people hurt me, cheat me, or betray or something, I have a hard time forgiving people. I have to repent. God, I'm going to forgive this person. We all struggle with sin, and we need to repent. But because I'm a part of the kingdom, I'm going to repent, and I'm going to live a righteous life. Is it clear? By following the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will give us peace and joy. When you are full of the kingdom, you can see in your eyes the peace of God in your eyes. The joy of God in your voice. You can dance, you can clap hands, you can get excited, you can shout because the kingdom of God is in you. You have righteousness, peace and joy of the Holy Spirit. You obey the commands of God. You walk with the Spirit. He is your king. So when the king say no, mean no. Actually, yesterday, 
my daughter who have a class for the young lady in her house share with me about something I like it. Tanida share with me that uh, they listen to a preacher and this preacher say this way I like it. The preacher say when God tell you to not doing something, not do something, don't take it as a command of not doing it and it's a negative thing. You take that command as a positive thing that yes. This is good for me. When God tell you not to lie, you don't take. Oh, God, you command me not to lie. No, you take the command. This is good. It's a good command. I will do it. Take it positive way because God never tell us to do anything or command us anything without our own benefit. He want to benefit us. Amen. He love us so much. First Corinthians four twenty. For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. Not in word but in power. So when you walk in the kingdom, you have power. That's why when I lay hand on that sister from another country on Thursday night, she filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking tongue. Demon come out of her. When we lay hand on the sick, they recover. They are healed. Amen. When we talk, the power of God is in our mouth, in our word. When you have the kingdom of God in you, you have righteousness, peace, joy, and power. Everyone say power. power. How many people want to have power? When you pray, something happens. Is that right? You want to have righteousness, peace, joy. Yes. So we need to have, make sure that we have the kingdom of God within us. Hallelujah. Let me read a couple more scripture before I finish here. I need to continue next Sunday. Oh, maybe not next Sunday. Do you know you may not show up? <laughs> you say I don't like this preaching. I may come when pastor preach about love, about blessing, about God favor. <laughs> you don't like this preaching. We need to honor God. We need to expand the kingdom of God in our life. Look at. Second Peter chapter one ten to eleven. So, dear brothers, work hard. You don't like that word. Work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Then you will never stumble or fall away. And God will open wide the gates of heaven for you. How many people want God to open the gates of heaven on you? Okay. I want God to open the gates of heaven and pour healing, blessing, and grace on me to enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, all this scripture talk about kingdom, heaven, kingdom of God. I want to encourage you: you cannot inherit the kingdom of God by being lazy and look warm and yo yo. Take it easy. Whatever will be, will be. If God gonna bless me, He will do it. Otherwise, I'm lazy. I cannot be a good dad if I'm lazy in raising my children. I cannot be a good neurosurgeon. If I'm lazy in working for my patient, if I operate like sloppy, done, get money. 
my patient will not do well. I have to be very detailed, hardworking, doing my best job to treat my surgical patients. We need to work hard in our spiritual life. Go to church, read the Bible, join the care group, join the discipleship group, get trained, serve God. Why? Because this has happened. You remember there are four kinds of soil, the pavement, the rocky soil, the soil with thorns, and the good soil. The first three soils, no question, lazy. Back off. Give up. The first group did not want to accept the gospel. Another group say, oh, I want money. I'm not going to work hard for God. I'm not going to work my salvation. Another group, oh, temptation and persecution come, I give up. We need to work hard. I know you don't like this kind of preaching. Pass aloud. I'm full of grace. I don't need to work. God will do for me. Let me read another scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. I like Amplified Bible. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed, God is the king. Obey. My suggestion, so now not only with the enthusiasm, everyone say enthusiastic. You would show in my presence, but much more, Because I am absent. Work out. Work out. What does it mean, work out? I never go to the gym that much because... Do they do this in the gym? Work out. Cultivate. Carry out to the goal. Fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and tremble while we stand in awe before God because He's our King. We stand in awe. God, you are my King. You don't stand like this before God. Hey, God, I'm going to be lazy. (laughs) Self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. These two scriptures, 2 Peter 1, 10, 11, Philippians 2, 12, talk about working hard, work out our salvation. You know why? Two things. Number one, in order to go higher in the kingdom, you cannot be lazy and lay back. You need to work on it to get more kingdom in you. Number two, if you don't work hard for the kingdom to grow in the kingdom and to have more salvation in you, more of the kingdom of you. What happened? You cannot go down. That's why Second Peter say that, let me read one more time. Dear brothers, work hard so to prove that you really are among those God who call and chosen and then you will never stumble or fall away. Many Christians, take it easy. They show up in the church once a year. They don't go to care group that much. They don't read the Bible. They don't listen to the sermon in the YouTube that we produce. They're just easy going. And after a few years, you don't see them anymore. They dis- disappear from the kingdom. And they may not make it to heaven. So Christian life is like running the race. You keep going. Christian life is like an eagle flying up with the wind of God. The Christian life is a soldier 
You need to learn how to fight. You need to exercise all the time so that you will be ready to fight the battle. Christian life cannot be lukewarm and take it easy. You need to be on guard. Learn how to fight running. Learn how to use your weapon. You need to grow. Wow, people like this preaching. But this is my life. I'm not that type of Christian. Lukewarm. Questella, sella Christian. I want to grow more. I pray to God by the time I turn maybe 75 years old. When I walk by somebody, my shadow fall, they will be healed. Demon will come out from people. I can see more miracles and signs and wonders. I can help more people. I don't want to be lukewarm Christian. I need to work hard. Study the Bible. Get into a prayer life. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to keep working out my salvation. Growing the kingdom of God within me. I need to grow the kingdom of God in me. And you cannot grow without some work. How many people have gardens in your house? Can you grow the tree without work? You need to water. You need to put the fertilizer. You need to trim it. Everything in your life. How many people own business here? How many people run business? Oh, okay. Can you be a lazy business person and expect your business to do well? Why I see Instagram all the time about house. You put the house in the market and the Instagram come up. Oh, I click like. You work hard. You work hard for your business so you can get more money. The same thing with the kingdom. Work hard. Don't be lazy. Mm. You still like me? I believe this teaching is very unique, hard to hear from most churches. Because it's so offensive and people don't like it. But before I go to heaven, I can talk to God. God, I have done my part. I have taught your people well. They cannot blame you, blame me anymore. They know now what they need to do with their life. I want to train you to become strong Christians. And one day, 20 years from now, you look back. You say, thank God that I am in this church. Because my pastor trained me well. He taught me well. And now I'm strong. And my kids are blessed. My grandchildren are blessed. Wow, I'm still healthy at 70 years old. No cancer can touch me. I'm still doing well. Because I'm the soldier. I'm a strong Christian. And I can fight the battle with faith. I'm a man and woman with strong faith. With a lot of love. With all kinds of kingdom of God in me now on earth. Heaven is with me, in me, everywhere. I want to see your guy until you are 90 years old, 100 years old. Still well to do. I will be 120 by that time. I'm going to still stand up on the stage, walking without a cane. Because the kingdom of God is in me. Amen? You think it can happen? Yes, but you need to do your part. Expand the kingdom of God in you. Heaven more and more. Everyone say, more heaven in me. More More the kingdom in me. me. Amen. Amen. 
Next time we're going to learn about expanding the kingdom of God outside our life. So we expand, we seek the kingdom in ourselves to grow. And next time we're going to learn to expand the kingdom of God outside us, in the society around us. How we can expand the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you show us the scriptures that so many Parts in the Bible talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, Lord. Help us to have the kingdom mindset. Help us, Lord, to treat you as the king, not just as a server in the restaurant, not just as a healer, the provider, the protector, the Lord, way maker, the prince of peace, but we treat you as our king, Lord. Lord, Father, help us to practice what we learn in this sermon, Lord. The scriptures that we will need to work hard. We need to work out our salvation. We want to grow the kingdom of God in our life, Lord. Our Lord, use us to grow the kingdom, expand the kingdom outside us as well, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I would like to do something quickly here. Let me read from. If you don't want to get involved, that's okay with me. Let me read Matthew twelve twenty-eight. I'm gonna preach this next time too, but let me read it first. Matthew twelve twenty-eight. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. What does it mean here? It means that we are the city, we are the house, we are the temple. In this city, in this house, the kingdom of God is not everywhere. Maybe some of you, the kingdom of God in the area of your time. That you're willing to give your time to God, you're willing to serve God, but there are junk inside us. When we're growing up, the junk, the sinful nature, demons come in. Some demon causes us to be selfish, to be greedy. Demons of sexual immorality, demon of pride. And Jesus say, "I want to expand the kingdom of God in you. How to expand?" You need to get rid of things of not the kingdom first. Kick them out. So when you kick them out, the kingdom of God will expand in you. This is the reason why I totally believe in casting out demons. If the church doesn't practice casting out demons, we cannot grow the kingdom of God in the members. We need to cast them out. Amen. In my mission trip, if you go with me every mission trip. I cast demon out a lot, and it's amazing. People' life change, sickness is gone, life turn around, husband and wife relationship turn around because demons of anger, demons of selfishness left them. If you are willing, if you don't want to, that's fine. I'm not forcing you. Your own choice. If you're willing, I like to cast demon out from people who are willing to. You may think that you don't have demons. It's up to you. How many people take a shower every day? 
How many people brush your teeth a few times a day? How many people brush your teeth once a year? What happens if you brush your teeth once a year? You're gonna lose all your teeth because bacteria will go into your gum and destroy the root canal, and you will lose your teeth. The same thing with church. We need to take a shower off and on. We need to clean up, get rid of maybe little demon of cannot read the Bible. You fall asleep every time you read the Bible. Maybe demons of negative thinking, demons of doubt, whatever, or cancer. When we cast out demon, you should have died at 65 years old due to brain cancer. But because we kick that demon of cancer out, you live to 100 years. You don't die too soon. Who knows? We don't see. This is a spiritual thing. You don't see thing in the spiritual realm. But we need to clean up spiritually, so that our life will be strong, and we can be healthy, and we can be more fruitful, and the kingdom of God will grow in us more. It's up to you. I'm not forcing you. I will not. Will not offend me if you walk out. But it's up to you. If you want to do that, please stay around. We're gonna sing one song, and then after that, you can go or you can stay. If you want to stay, maybe move to the front so I know who I can pray with. Okay, Hallelujah. Go ahead. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.
joy. 